the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. It may work that you post everything all at once and that everybody loves it because your people on Twitter are not on Facebook and the people on Facebook are not on your LinkedIn. So it could work out to your benefit. But then some people will say, hey, why are you posting the same thing? I'm on all your platforms and I keep seeing everything double and triple. So you got to experiment. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Uh, wait a minute, this is still Jim Hacking and I'm with Tyson. Tyson, we have a special announcement. Yeah, so we are announcing the Maximum Lawyer Conference, which is May 17th through 18th of this year in St. Louis, Missouri. It's actually going to be pretty awesome. We put together a, a really, really good list of speakers. And really the idea is that you're going to come, you're going to bring your laptop, you're going to shoot video, you're going to get things done while you're here and you're going to leave with a package of things and your firm is going to hopefully be transformed for the better. So we've got really great people like Seth Price, Annika Godlewski, John Fisher, Joey Vitale, Wayne Pollock, William Eady, Gary Berger. Chelsea Lambert, Morris Lindahl, and another mystery speaker who we're not going to talk about yet. I don't know when we're going to announce that, but it's a big name. That's all I'll say. So I'm really, really excited about it. Tyson, I think we got a great lineup. Most of the people have been on the show before, but they all bring in new content, new ideas, new things for our listeners to implement. And that's really what the podcast and the conference are all about. It's implementation. You're getting advice from real people who are in the trenches doing the grunt work of building a successful law practice. I think that everyone's going to get a lot of value out of it. I'm really pleased with how everything's come together. We've done everything that we can to keep the price point really low. And we have a fun event coming up on Wednesday night. We're going to meet for drinks and dinner. And then we'll have the conference all day Thursday. We're going to go to those who want to, to a special box for the Cardinals versus Phillies. And then we'll wrap it up midday on Friday, the 18th of May. Yeah, and it's really awesome. So all, there's all these extracurriculars that are available. We were talking about even maybe even doing, uh, putting together some sort of run in the morning if people want to run for those runners. And I'm really excited about it is just, just digging in. And we're making sure that everyone's presentations are really just digging down into the nuts and bolts. And, and really things that people can take away when they leave. And, and it's not just, you're not gonna just go sit in a room 
and listen to someone talk. That's not what these are going to be. These are going to be actually great takeaways for everyone. So it can be super exciting. All of our presenters are excited about it. It's going to be a fantastic event. Yeah, it's going to be fast-paced. Everybody gets 45 minutes and 45 minutes only to present. No one's going over, and we're going to keep it running really tight. I think that it's just about value, value, value. So if you're interested and want to come join us, we already have lots of sign-ups, even though this is our very first promotion for the event. The early bird sign-ups will expire on March 15th, 2018. So if you're listening to this before March 15th, make sure you register, and you can do that at maxlawcon.com maximumlawyer.com or you can go to our Facebook page Maximum Lawyer and it'll be pinned to the top of the page. Yeah, we'll also put it in the show notes and be able to just click on the link and, and you can do it from your phone as well. So it'll be pretty easy to sign up. I'm excited, Jimmy, and uh, I hope everyone enjoys this show. Yeah, so enjoy this podcast and we'll see you hopefully in St. Louis in May. Thanks, everybody. really excited to have our guest today. Her name is Madeline Sklar. She is a Twitter expert. And I know that we spend a lot of time in our group talking about Twitter. I want to lead off with a little bit of her background and then we can get started with the show. Madeline is a serial entrepreneur, community builder, and leading Twitter expert. She has 22 years of digital marketing experience, 13 years of social media marketing under her belt. She's been named the number one social media power influencer in Houston, Texas. She hosts a Twitter Smarter Twitter chat, which I'm really excited to talk to the group about Twitter chats because I want to learn about that. Since launching that two years ago, it has over four and a half billion impressions. She also hosts the weekly social ROI chat, and she interviews social media and marketing experts for her Twitter Smarter podcast. I first heard about her on Jay Bear's podcast, and then right after that, it seemed like Madeline had Jay on his show, and they're both really good episodes if you guys want to learn how to use Twitter. So, Madeline, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Jim. Glad to be here. Hi, Madeline. So, tell everybody what you do and, and why you do it and a little bit about yourself. Sure, Tyson. Well, gosh, I used to be in a whole nother career way before all of this. I was like in the financial industry helping teachers with their mutual funds and annuities and retirement plans and stuff. And it was a whole different world. And I wanted to do something completely different. And I was learning HTML. I was married at the time, married to a techie, and was learning HTML. And this was before the whole dot-com thing. This was before it all blew up and when it was really just at the education level and the government level. He used to work at NASA. So I was able to get this sneak peek in, into the whole dot-com thing and fell in love with it and wanted to help businesses with their website. So I was actually one of the very first web designers here in Houston. And over the years, it just I, it just kept evolving. And I just kept reinventing myself, really, as the technology evolved, as my landscape evolved. I started an organization to promote women in music when it was brand new thing on the internet to start a community. And that evolved into me to where I'm at today, where I'm a speaker, I host two podcasts, I run Twitter chats, I help businesses with their social media. So, so much evolved from my early days in 1996 when I was a web designer and a community builder helping musicians. So, a lot's happened in those years. Madeline, when did you first realize that the social media thing was going to be a thing? Like, what were the signs that you saw and what led you to sort of get involved in it real quickly? So the sign for me, and don't laugh, was MySpace. And I know a lot of people laugh at MySpace because it was a bit of a joke. 
but I was in the music business and it was great. It was, it was almost as if it was built for the music business. And I was able to help uh, bands build their mailing list, build their fan base, go sell their merchandise, sell their music, go on tour through MySpace. And I really saw the power of using this as a vehicle to connect with people, to get them to know, like, and trust you, because it doesn't matter what you sell. You can be that, you know, band playing at the hotel bar that nobody's ever heard of, all the way to the biggest brands in the world. People have to know, like, and trust you before they'll buy. And I really saw the power of MySpace for doing this. So I was just all in helping so many people develop their brand using MySpace. And then Facebook started becoming a thing and then Twitter. And so I was smart enough to just go to where the people were. And so I just learned how to use, I'm, I'm pretty much a techie by nature. So I go and learn all the different social media platforms, try to figure out which ones best serve the needs of my clients. And I love teaching it as well. And I, there's nothing better than sharing something about, you know, like Twitter, like everybody thinks they know how to use Twitter. Oh, you just type a tweet. There are so many things on that platform you have no idea how powerful it is because there's all these things you can do and, and Twitter doesn't tell anybody. And so I love teaching people and showing them all these little things that they can do that essentially helps their brand. Madeline, this is a, a perfect segue because I was about to ask you, I don't personally understand how I can use Twitter for my business. I just don't. I completely understand Facebook. I love Facebook. I don't get Twitter. So will you talk about those things and how we can use it for business because I don't get it. Sure thing. And I get that a lot, Tyson, because so many times people think of Twitter as just this place to broadcast. Like, let me just go share all this stuff about me. Hey, here's my blog post. Here's my book. Come to this. Come to that. Do all these things for me. Really, what we have to do is flip the script and make it more about the people on there. What can we do for people on there? Let's use it as a place to facilitate relationships. And so once you start thinking of it as more of a platform to connect with people, too many people just think of it for broadcasting and then they get turned off and they go, well, nobody's listening to me, so I'm not going to stay here anymore. But people are starting to come back around because they're starting to see that this is a place for relationship building. And so like my Twitter chats are a perfect example of this. A Twitter chat is typically, and we don't have to dive in, I'm sure y'all were going to ask me all about that in a minute, but, but just to kind of you know, show the power of this. A Twitter chat is just a place where people come to usually once a week for an hour, like-minded people. And it's a place to just talk about whatever the topic is. And in that process, you're talking with all these other people. And these are people you have things in common with. And through that, you start seeing the power of building relationships. So I mean, I can talk, you see how I light up. I can talk about Twitter all day because I think it's really that powerful, but I think it starts with seeing it as a platform for connection, not so much for broadcasting. I think it's great. You're absolutely right that you can connect with people on Twitter that you don't ordinarily connect with. And what was it about Twitter in particular that led you to, like, why do you think you're well-suited for Twitter? What is it about it that you like the most and how'd you get started in it? I like that it's short format. I know it just switched to 280, but the 140 was very appealing to me in the early years because I was a blogger and I started blogging in 2000 when people are like, what's a blog? Like they never even heard that term yet. And, Cause I'm just an early adopter to everything. It's just, 
I just find out about these things. I go and try it, and then I start talking about it. And uh, blogging was was cool to me, but I did not like long format. I was not one of those bloggers that wrote these long pieces that were thousands and thousands of words. No, I was the one that wrote a couple of paragraphs, let's move on. You know, I don't like the fluff. I just want it like, here's how you do something, or here's my take, move on. So when Twitter came out, I'm like, oh, this is perfect for me. I can just talk in just little short bursts, which is what I prefer. And it was appealing, and it was a simple platform. Facebook is, you know, really even though, you know, we've got our pages on there, we got groups on there, it's great for groups. But at the end of the day, do people go to Facebook to buy? No, we get on there to chat with our friends and our family, see what people are up to. Groups are great because it's a great way to bring like-minded people together. But other than that, I feel like these other platforms are just so more well-suited for connecting with people that maybe you don't know. Like, let's use Gary Vaynerchuk for an example. Could you go on Facebook and have a conversation with Gary Vaynerchuk? I mean, do you think that's possible? No. But I could go to Twitter and Instagram now. Instagram's gotten better. Their DMs are pretty good, so you can have pretty good conversations there. But Twitter, I can go out there, and if they're using it, so the Gary Vaynerchuks that are using it, some top VP I want to connect with, if they're using Twitter, they're active on there, I have that ability to get in front of them and most likely get a response. So that is very appealing. So I think... What people need to do that are not actively using Twitter is really look at this as a platform that they should revisit and just learn how to use it. Don't go on there to broadcast. Go on there and listen and learn from other people that are doing really well on there. So, Madeline, when it comes to just producing content for Twitter and social media in general, a lot of times we talk about content calendars and things like that. But with it being more of a, an engagement type of a platform where you want to be constantly engaging, is this something you can actually schedule posts for, or do you recommend sort of just eliminating the, the content calendar when it comes to, to Twitter? No, I'm a big fan of scheduling content. Scheduling content that's information, not anything that would be, you know, engagement like you know you don't ever schedule your engagement with people you but like you know I have a blog post let's say let's use podcast for example since we're all podcasters here when I have a new episode I've got the show notes right and I want to put the show notes on my blog I want people to be able to read them that is a perfect piece of content to go and put into a schedule for your social media because the thing is what are you going to do go to all your social media like five times a day and post that's difficult that's time consuming but I could go schedule things to go out five times a day so that really coverages a lot of different time zones a lot of different people I get more bang for the buck with that in, in terms of my time so I will take content like that Things that are evergreen, like an example would be somebody gives me a great testimonial. We'll, you know, stick with the podcast here. Somebody says something nice about my podcast. Maybe I want that to kind of rotate on my Twitter and just as good evergreen content. So I use a tool called Social Jukebox where it'll take anything that's evergreen. So evergreen is the content that just never really gets old or expires. It's something that's good today, tomorrow, maybe three or six months from now. So testimonials are a great example of that. Put it in a social jukebox and just have it on the schedule where it just runs regularly. So that is less time and energy on me 
tweeting, and this applies also to Facebook posting and LinkedIn posting because you can use it for there as well. But this frees me up so I can spend more time on the platforms engaging with people because really that's how we should be spending our time. So scheduling content and, and you know articles and information and evergreen type content and then freeing up your time to go spend it on social media engaging with people. Madeline, where do you fall on the question about whether you should be sharing things in your Twitter feed that aren't necessarily related to your core issue? Like when you're on Twitter, do you tweet about politics or do you tweet about, you know, restaurants you go to? I mean, how do you how do you sort of draw the line? Do you have separate Twitter feeds for your personal and, and your brand or how, how do you? No, I just that? have my, it's a great question. I have my Madeline Sklar Twitter and it's just the, I used to juggle multiple. And the thing is, if you're going to do that, that's double the work or four times the work or however, you know, based on how many you have. So that becomes a preference thing. You know, are you willing to put in the work to have these separate places for you to post different things. Now, if you have your personal brand and then you have a business and you want to tweet them separately, then I think it's good to have them separate. Now, as far as me posting you know, political things or you know, the restaurants I go to, I don't, but that's just more of a preference thing. People know me and my Twitter feed for sharing lots of great content, lots of great information. So I share articles related to how to use social media better and especially how to better use Twitter. So that is my main goal with scheduling content. Like I read a lot of articles every morning, read through, see what's new, what's going on in social media and especially Twitter. And then I'll just take those articles that I feel are best suited for my community uh, on social media um, and I will schedule them to go out. But the main focus is on Twitter because as you know, you can tweet a lot. Facebook, I'm just posting once a day to my page and LinkedIn, I'm posting twice a day, but on my Twitter, gosh, I'm doing anywhere from, you know, 30 to 40 tweets and then more if I'm on a Twitter chat. But I feel that, you know, scheduling content that really, or not scheduling, like posting content that really goes with your core values here. You know, what are you trying to achieve? Who's your audience? Who are you trying to reach? What are you exactly you trying to do? So, that answer is going to be different for everyone. So for me personally, I stick with business. I stick with sharing good content, running the Twitter chat. So you'll see me on there hosting two different Twitter chats. I try to go and participate in other chats. But uh, that's pretty much it. I don't get too personal on there. I, I save that for Facebook. Madeline, are there a certain number of times a person should be posting per day? And are there also certain times of day people should be posting? You know, that can be really subjective. I always say go look at your numbers. Go go look at your stats on all your different platforms. You know, what people are doing with Facebook on your page, it's easy to go into your insights and see when the people that like your page, when are they on, what days of the week, what are the peaks. I look at those peaks, and that helps determine what should initially be a good time to post, but then you then got to go look at all those posts and see, is that really working? I always say experiment. You got to test and try things. So I'll test different times to see, is there something that works better than others? But then that can get subjective because maybe one day a piece of content was more exciting and more informational than the next. Um, so you have to just try and see what works for you on Twitter because, again, we can tweet more often 
what I do for me personally that I think is a good strategy is what are my waking hours? And so I, I use Buffer for scheduling tweets. And so I'll schedule tweets throughout the day, pretty much every hour to hour and a half. There'll be something from me that's informational that goes from morning into the, you know, later in the evening. And I found that works great for me. Now I know people that will have their Twitter running 24 seven. So they're trying to hit people in other time zones around the world. And that can work too. Or you just tweet a few times a day and that works for you. So you got to ex experiment and see what works and, and look at those numbers. On Twitter, we all have analytics. If you're not sure about this, you have to be on a browser. It's browser only. Be logged into your Twitter. The top right menu in the pull down menu, you'll see it says analytics. Go look at the analytics and it'll give you lots of information that can then help you determine when you should be posting. All right, Madeline. So my question for you next is if you had, let's say, a nursing home attorney from Cleveland, Ohio, who wanted to get more involved in Twitter and he was just sort of starting out on Twitter, what would you advise him to do? How would he start the process? I love this question. Okay, so I have this thing that I call my Twitter secret sauce, and I, I develop these items that that I think work really well when it comes to getting onto Twitter, starting to really use it to get maximum benefit. Because again, as I said before, people just get on there, broadcast too much, they're, they're not really using it the way it should be used, which is to connect with people. So what I tell people to do is I, I would say to this person and to everybody else really, go be consistent. So just get on there every day and be visible. You know, visibility makes all the difference in the world. And tweet every day. You know, you got to be out there tweeting so that people can see you and you can connect with people. And I always say tweet at least five times a day. So if someone's coming on there and they're not really using it and they're not sure what to do, just start tweeting and just get comfortable tweeting. The other thing you want to do is as you're tweeting more, your notifications are going to start blowing up. And that's where people are tweeting you. They're putting at and your Twitter handle. So you need to go check your notifications every day because you don't want to miss opportunities. Somebody might have seen one of your tweets and they replied back and maybe they have work for you. They have a, a business opportunity or maybe a speaking opportunity or they want to invite you to come be on their podcast. So you don't want to miss those, those opportunities. You also want to use Twitter lists. Twitter lists are a great way to organize your Twitter feed. So as we're building up our Twitter, we got lots of followers. All of a sudden, our feed becomes really cluttered. There's so many people we're trying to pay attention to. So you could create what are called Twitter lists. And this lets you just hone in on a smaller group of people and just look at their feed. And you can have multiple feeds like this. So what I do is I create a Twitter list of, say, people on my podcast. You know, when I have a guest on my podcast, I add them to that list. Now I have a really nice list of just those people. And maybe I just want to see what they're tweeting about. And it also becomes a great curated list that maybe other people want to look at. So you could create different lists and they can be public 
or private. So I'll have private ones of maybe just my customers or maybe people that I want to connect with, the Gary Vaynerchuks of the world. I have a list of people I want to watch carefully that I want to try to connect with. So there are lots of different ways of using Twitter lists, but it's really a good way to really just hone in on a very specific group of people on Twitter. Another thing, Twitter chats. I love Twitter chats, not just because I host two of them. I just think they're, they're great. It's a great way to connect with people. So if you start participating in Twitter chats, you're going to make amazing connections. You're going to fall in love with Twitter. If you don't already think Twitter is awesome, you will really love Twitter. Find ones that are related. So in your industry, I would just get on Google and just Google, you know, law Twitter chats. Um, and if you have very specific, do that. Now, the more specific you are, you know, you may not find something. So I would start very general and see what's out there and find, you know, different groups. They're, they're basically just communities. And it's a great way to just co-connect with a bunch of people. And if you don't see something out there, if there's something missing in your industry, start one. Start a Twitter chat. Be that leader. The beauty of starting a Twitter chat is you get seen as the industry leader, which is really cool. That's a great benefit to, to hosting your own chat. And then finally, what's really important is to engage, engage, engage. I love to say that because engaging is what it's all about. If you just get on Twitter and you're just looking at what people are doing, you're being a lurker, nobody knows you're there. You're invisible. So you got to get on there and engage. It's so incredibly important. So just spend time on there and you'll start making connections as soon as people see you. I love the name lurker. That's, that's how I describe Jimmy on a regular basis as a lurker. That's <laughs> uh, fantastic. I have a two-part question. So you use Buffer. The first part uh -huh. of the question is, why do you use Buffer over something like Hootsuite? That's the first part of it. Second okay. part of it is, when you're actually scheduling your posts, so from platform to platform, Facebook to Twitter to Instagram, how do you change your message from platform to platform? Okay, great questions. Okay, I use Buffer. I started out with Hootsuite. Hootsuite was the first of its kind to offer scheduling. It was revolutionary at the time. It's like, oh my God, this is going to save me so much time, which equals money, right? So that was a great thing. Hootsuite was amazing. Loved it. Buffer came along a few years later, and a bunch of my colleagues were using it and were raving about it. So you know how it becomes FOMO over time. You're like, what a fear of missing out. I got to go check it out. So I'm like, okay, let me check this out. I'm not going to leave Hootsuite. I love Hootsuite. I'm even a Hootsuite ambassador, so I'm not going to leave them. But let me just see what this Buffer is all about. Fell in love with it. I just like the integrations because I use Feedly, and Feedly is a great RSS tool to, that actually stores all the different blogs and article, you know, all the places where I read my articles every day. I open up Feedly, read all the different articles. They make it super easy to buffer, you know, put it into buffer by buffering it. And so uh, I love that. I just love the ease, and I love their mobile app as well. So that. The mobile app was a huge attraction. I didn't really care for the Hootsuite mobile app. So I still use Hootsuite. So I use Buffer for scheduling. I use Hootsuite for listening. So when I was talking about Twitter lists, what I do is I put all those Twitter lists into my Hootsuite. And I don't know if either of you guys use Hootsuite, but 
their columns. So when you open it up on your browser, you just see these columns. So I can have a column for, you know, like I can put about four or five of these columns on my big iMac screen. And what I'm able to do at any given time is just open it up and very quickly see those streams. And I can scroll through and, and within minutes know what's being talked about, what's going on in the world. And I love that. So I love Hootsuite for listening, but Buffer for scheduling. So because Twitter is my main thing, I really focus on that. And then what I do, and this is a, a great feature in Buffer, Buffer makes it so that I can take my Twitter feed, and it can be vice versa, but because mine's primarily Twitter, I can take my Twitter feed, and if I see an article that I'm sharing, it's like, oh, I need to put this over for my Facebook people as well, I can just drag it across just like right down the screen to where Facebook is on there, and I can do the same thing for LinkedIn. So really, I'm just sharing a fraction of the content from my, because the Twitter is the bulk of it, sharing some of it to LinkedIn and Facebook, but I'm not really changing it up. I'm just kind of leaving it as is. I don't get as much traction with Facebook and LinkedIn the same way I do with Twitter. So I just don't put in a whole lot of time and effort to changing that up. Now, lots of people will tell you that, you know, don't post the same content all at the same time on all your platforms. So don't take like that one piece of content and put it right now on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn, like either stagger them and or just not use the same content. So that's really up to you. It goes back to experimenting. Try different things and see what works. It may work that you post everything all at once and that everybody loves it because your people on Twitter are not on Facebook, and the people on Facebook are not on your LinkedIn. So it could work out to your benefit. But then some people will say, hey, why are you posting the same thing? I'm on all your platforms, and I keep seeing everything double and triple. So you got to experiment. We do have a message from Don LaClure on the Facebook page. And since we're already on this topic, I didn't want to shift gears and then come back to it. He mentioned social jukebox. Do you have any familiarity with social jukebox and how those relate? Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. So Social Jukebox is the one I use for scheduling the evergreen content. So I use Buffer for the articles and information. I read a post about how Twitter made a new change. That's going to go into my Buffer. That's more for my short-term scheduling. And then Social Jukebox is for the evergreen, so that's for the more long-term. So when I have a new podcast episode and I put up my show notes, which is really a blog post, I'm going to put that into Social Jukebox so that can just keep running on an ongoing schedule. Madeline, switching to back to the Twitter chats, because I know that's your real expertise. Let's say I want to learn about Twitter chats and I want to come and sort of attend or watch or participate in your next Twitter chat can I do that on a phone, and what would it look like? Like, how does it even work? You can do it on your phone. I will say that the really, you know, popular Twitter chats, they move very fast, and so trying to keep up on the phone can be very challenging, so I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, for my two Twitter chats, I recommend a browser because they're both, they both attract a lot of people, so tweets go super fast. So that's just my personal preference with that. 
the the two that I run are Twitter Smarter, so it's all about sharing Twitter tips, and that is every Thursday at one o'clock Eastern. And then Social ROI is a chat that is presented by Managed Flitter, which is a great third-party tool. And so I work with them and uh, put together, manage, and host their social ROI chat. That's every Tuesday at 5 o'clock Eastern. So I definitely recommend these chats. But I, I prefer a browser because it can be really challenging on the phone. But if you do it on the phone, you can use the Twitter app, the, the native Twitter app. You could use Hootsuite. You could use TweetDeck. So you could use any of the platforms you normally use for Twitter if you like, but I would recommend using those platforms on a browser. And then is it everybody watch, using the same hashtags? That's how you all stay in the same chain? Yeah, so all about the hashtag. So for, we'll use Twitter Smarter, for example. You have to put in the hashtag. So first you go to Twitter.com. I actually, if you're going to do a browser, I recommend TweetChat.com. So it's just a free website where you put in the hashtag for the Twitter chat, and on this one page, it will show you all the tweets in real time, and there's a box at the top, and you can just type your tweet into that, and the beauty is it automatically puts the hashtag in, because when you're new to Twitter chats, your biggest hurdle is going to be remembering to put the hashtag in. That's the hardest part to remember, because we're all focused on the hashtag. It's, it's a conversation that involves the hashtag. So if you're tweeting without the hashtag, we're not going to see it. And so many times I've had someone new on the chat, so they come on at the beginning, hey, my name is you know Madeline and I'm new here, pound Twitter smarter. And then you don't hear from them and you're just you know doing your thing. And then at the end, they come back on, they're like, OMG, I've been tweeting all this time and you guys didn't see it because I forgot to push, put the hashtag in, pound Twitter smarter. So that's the hardest part. So tweetchat.com is great because it'll do it for you. But if you're not using that and you're just on Hootsuite or uh, TweetDeck or on Twitter.com, just remember to put the hashtag into your tweet. All right, Melon, I know we're short on time. I do have one last question I want to try and squeeze in. Promoted okay. tweets versus organic tweets. What are your thoughts? Good question. Okay. I'm a fan of organic. I mean, organic has been my thing. I prefer it. But we're getting in a day and age now where these algorithm changes are forcing us to have to look at paid content. For Facebook, it has completely changed. We're at a place now that organic alone is not going to do it. My recommendation, though, is if you're going to do paid content, do advertising. Don't do the boosted posts. Boosted posts do not work that well. Maybe once in a blue moon it does, but you're just basically giving money to Facebook when you do that because they're not really honed in as well. You know, you want your message to go out to a specific group of people. And so using advertising, like the traditional advertising route of Facebook, will get you a much more honed in group. You get so much flexibility. So we're getting to a place now where it's either time to learn how to use Facebook advertising the platform properly or hire someone to do it for you. Now, on Twitter, we're really not at a place where you have to go a paid route. I mean, if you are active on Twitter, you're doing all these things that I'm talking about, you're going to get a lot out of it. Their ad platform is not as robust as Facebook. It's I don't know anyone that's gotten super great results like you can get on Facebook. So if you're just looking to get your tweets seen by more people, 
you, you can go that route, but I just think you can just spend time just tweeting and connecting and, and you'll get a lot out of it without having to go in the paid direction. And then LinkedIn, I, I feel that organic is still really good, organic posts. So I'm just a fan of organic posts. That's my thing. All right, my last question, Madeline, is I feel like Twitter's in a bit of a revival. I feel like it was down for a little bit, and I think it's sort of yep. perking back up. What do you see for the future of Twitter? Okay, I think Twitter is just, you know, we are in this renaissance right now. Uh, Mark Schaefer wrote the book called The, the Tower of Twitter, just one and two, I think it's the fourth edition. And, you know, he's referring to the time right now being back into a Twitter renaissance. More and more people are talking about this. I think we're just going to see more features coming out from Twitter. Twitter keeps putting these great features out. They keep making the platform better and better. We have the ability to curate tweets through Twitter moments. We have the ability to do video on Twitter. There's all these things that we can do that most people don't realize we can do outside of just typing something on your phone and putting it out there. So I think Twitter is going to keep putting out these great features and making it a great platform. So. I think it's just it's just going to continue. You know, a year ago, everybody was doubting the existence of Twitter in the future, and I kept saying Twitter's going to last. It's going to you just watch. It's going to last. So I think they've proven they're going to stay around. So I think it's just going to be more about making it even better. All right, Madeline, we have to wrap it up because we know you have to go. So I'll make this quick. I do want to remind everyone to go to the Facebook page, join there, give us a five star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? So my hack is to track down Madeline. My, and what I mean by that is there's a particular episode of her podcast uh, that's on her website. It's episode number seven of the Twitter Smarter Podcast. It's called Building a Twitter Power Following with Madeline Sklar. And first of all, I want you to look. We'll put a link in the show notes. I want you to look at the webpage itself. It's a beautiful webpage. It's very well laid out. I think she has Pat Flynn's smart podcast player. She's got all the social media sharing buttons on the left. She has links to her online courses on the right. She has her tweets coming through, as you would expect, on her webpage. You can, there's a sign up for her free emails. And then her show notes themselves are just a really great example of how to do a podcast website and how to do a website in general. So check it out. It's, it's building a Twitter power following under her Twitter Smarter podcast. Excellent stuff. And Madeline, we always ask our guests to give a tip of the week. Do you have a tip for us? Just to get out there to, you know what, to just do it. Because you know what, we're sitting there talking, we're sharing all this. Hey, if you don't get out there and just do it, then what's the point? I even have a tattoo that says, like, this is real. It says just do it. Because I firmly believe in that. Like, I coach people through that, just the, the mantra, just do it. So I would love for everybody to just get on there. Follow these instructions I talked about. Go try these things. When I was talking about the secret sauce, I even put it into a free mini class. So if people want to check that out, is it okay if I share that link? Of course. Okay. Absolutely. So Absolutely. if you go to go to MadelineSklar.com slash secret sauce, so all one word, MadelineSklar.com slash secret sauce, it'll take you over to this free mini class. It's just some videos and articles of me diving a little bit deeper into what I was talking about with the different items you can do with tweeting, you know, being present, tweeting more, using Twitter lists and chats and things like that and engaging. So definitely recommend that. And then get in touch with me and let me know that you watched this, you heard about this, and would love to follow you on Twitter. Excellent. Perfect advice. My tip of the week is actually we just recently switched at the firm to Vonage from RingCentral to Vonage. 
We're actually saving a couple grand a year, so it's a really good benefit. But actually, the tip has to do with Amazon Chime. So they give you free access to Amazon Chime, and this is more of an assignment than it is a tip, I guess. I want people to use Amazon Chime and tell me what your thoughts are on it. Because I think if you're a Prime member, it may actually come free. It's very similar to Zoom and to BlueJeans, which is we we are using now. I don't think you can actually publish to Facebook, which is an issue. But I'm curious what people what their feedback is on it. So if people will check out Amazon Chime. I'd appreciate it, Madeline. I know you have to go, so thank you very much for coming on. This was a fantastic episode. Thank you very much. Thank you guys for having me. This was so much fun. Have a great day. Thanks, everyone. You too, guys. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.